Okay, Miss Libya, how you doing, Queen? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, girl. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Very um. Always great to have you. It's always great to have you. You do so much in the community, making sure everybody understands Black history. We make sure we understand where we come from. Um. You have a lot of talent going on. What have you been doing lately out in the community? Well, first let me say it's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure talking to you. Oh, what haven't I been doing is a question. Right now we're opening up a home care business. So it's open. We're in the process of getting it up and running by itself pretty much. We're also counseling. We're doing a informal nonprofit called From Streets to Success for young men that have been incarcerated that can't get out because of their feelings, they can't get jobs or anything like that. So we're helping them to set up their own business so that they don't have to depend on the government to survive and provide for their families and themselves out here. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. Me and you going to have to talk because I've been wanting to do something like that. Um, something, something similar to that, but not that, but something similar to yeah. that is as far as a nonprofit. But I want to work with uh, prostitutes coming out of incarceration. Since that was my nice, big nice. thing, you know, I prostituted for all the years and stuff. So that would be me giving back. So, yeah, okay. That's huge. Um, oh, yeah. And you'd be surprised how many of these young men are so talented. And now they're, they never knew the way to go to turn their... Right, you know, street smart, professional right. smart. So to right. watch them right. tour, it's amazing, and they they already know the street, so they already have their connections and contacts. Once you make it legit, they take off, doing wonderful. You know, um, I talked to a brother that was locked up, and so I think he was trying to get a degree, like while he was locked up. You know, and that should be the goal to get them educated. You know, I mean, and things of this nature, since we don't want recidiv with recidivism coming back in. But anyway, and it was all it, it became so political. You know, they they just made it so political, and it was so incredibly hard for him to get this degree that he wanted because they kept changing mm -hmm. the rules and, and and then all of a sudden this didn't apply and then all of a sudden now you had to do this and now we're cutting that out all together yeah. you know what I mean so that's pretty cool yeah so um, yeah. I would just you know tell them to get the knowledge as much knowledge as they right, can right, don't depend on a piece right. of paper because all they need is the knowledge and the experience right, at the right, end of the day right right you can actually study a really good trade and take off <laughs> you you you, you mm -hmm. really do okay so i mean we just want to break this down real basic and simple where we're not talking about getting rich but we're talking about being able to take care of yourself i i, I don't know how many uh uh older friends I got or friends my age that just buy an old truck and they put a buy a sign says moving and hauling or lawn mm -hmm. care and throw it on the side. I mean, and mm -hmm. people stop them everywhere. You know, can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? Mm -hmm. And they make money all day. I mean, 
make money all day long. I mean, charge what they want to charge, get the job done. I mean, so, I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it, but becoming uh, uh, self-sufficient and starting a business, we need these businesses bad in the black community. We, we really need those. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So let's get into this podcast. So, of course, the first question off the flip is, what does it mean to be a black woman today? How did I know you were going to ask me that question? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for me, what it means to be a black woman, you have to have strength, patience, ability to nurture. You have to be the backbone, the voice of reason, and, and ultimately, to boil it all down, it takes prayer to be a black woman, especially in this day of age. You have to have strong faith and very prayerful. Um, I agree. You know, um, when I was talking to my daughter, I think I was talking to my daughter just last night, she was telling me her morning routine, you know, that she does for her prayer and meditation and stuff, and I was so proud of her. I mean, like, that is amazing, and it's like, okay, she's young, but she gets it, and in this world, everything is so instantaneous, like, now, fast, quick, immediate, you know what I mean, and she takes off this big chunk of time to just work on the inside of her, and and it's not a Mm -hmm. rush thing that she does, and it, it, she didn't just plan this routine and was just able to execute it. It was slow and steady. She was giving me some coaching tips and pointing me in the right direction, helping me understand some things. So I was just uh, amazed. I was just amazed because mm. it, it takes that. It it really, it really does. It's when we say prayer, it's not just. Fix it, Jesus. <laughs> you know, no, maybe, no, <laughs> maybe in that no, instant, you know, but I mean, it's, it's so really much. having that prayer, um, that prayer life. Um, I, my prayer life has changed, and I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. saying it got better, but it did get stronger. But you know, I mean, about the things mm-hmm. that I, wanted to pray about, you know, the things that I wanted to see happen. And, 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 and a lot of things I wanted to see happen where I thought like, okay, my child over here needs to be changed. My child over there needs to be changed. And then the most high yeah. showing me, you know, well, you the one to kind of set that off in motion. You know, you the one, to, you know what I mean? We, we right. got looked at this from a generational curse perspective and this is the part mm-hmm. that you played in it but you're confused as to why that child is acting like that and you know what I mean just mm-hmm. really understanding that it starts with me and you know I must mm-hmm. be the change um so yeah prayer is very important because you're gonna you're gonna hear some things and be told some things and realize some things that you was just not quite ready for <laughs> yeah. So. yeah it's true I tried to uh for me, pray, you know, ask for forgiveness, whatever I may have done, but also to pray that those generational curses do not fall upon my kids from me and their father. 
So I always pray for their protection and to guide them righteously. You know, face home. When we talk about breaking generational curses, that kind of, I don't know, like, what is the exact formula? Because I've heard, I've heard some teachings, and it's such an in-depth process, and it's just going to require this and this and this and this and this. And mm -hmm. I've heard other people say, simply say, quit doing the curse, and you'll quit passing it on. You know what I mean? And just trying to figure out... Mm -hmm what's that simple, what's not that simple. Um, but then just kind of for right now until I have other instructions or the instructions change, just leaning on the some of the scriptures. And I know, so mm -hmm. I know it says that, you know, uh, you, you know, he'll, he'll bless your offspring, you know, if your ways is pleasing, mm -hmm. you know, and just trying to be right there. Like if I correct it and if I find pure organic love in me, you know, please honor mm -hmm. that and let that come through my child. You know, let that be the yeah. healing. Cause that was the biggest thing about finding out like all of this kind of like stem from my generation and the generations before and the previous generations. And it came through me to my children was that um, it's, it's it's that simple, but I I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought there. I mean, it's that simple, but mm -hmm. it to uh, keep these generational curses going, but uh, they can be reversed. Like if I start penetrating love through me, then that's got to flow. Just the way the curse flowed, the blessing got to flow too. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. you know, I think about my grandbabies right. and stuff like, I, I've got to get that love in me so it can flow through the generations, through the offsprings, the right. grandkids. Like, this is the only place I can be at right now. So, yeah. So, <clears throat> Another thing that I wanted to ask is, so what does it mean to be um, a black man today? Black man? A black man. I, I guess you'll probably have to ask a black man. <laughs> I mean, we love the black man. We you know, marry him. Same we, we, thing as a black woman. Yeah. It's hard for either way. I, I believe together we have we can. We have a lot to accomplish, but the one thing tearing us apart, apart is the blame game. So it's not even that, it's not about what it takes. It's, it's more about how much are we willing to do because we have what it takes for the most part. We just don't know how to put the pieces back together to be able to function at a level we should be functioning at. You know, um, so, again, the whole thing with me understanding that my children, you know, have certain behaviors and aspects in their life that were coming through my bloodline and they came through me, um, mm -hmm. was it was having to humble myself, you know. And it's right. like nobody right. wants to be humble, you know. They, they, the men don't want to be humble. The women don't want to be humble. And until we humble ourselves mm -hmm. and wipe the slate clean, you know what I mean. But we're, we're actually going to... Mm -hmm. Talk about this. Uh, this is one of the questions I literally wanted wrote down to ask you. Um, mm -hmm. 
So, well, let's just get into it then. Um, how has the black man failed the black woman? Because this, this is a very controversial topic, so it's not to, um, and let me just throw this out here for everybody. My podcast is not about, I got the facts, you know, I got the stats, I know what the problem and the answers is. I don't have bottom line answers. You know, I mean, I mm. just have discussions where everybody mm. speaks from their perspective and nobody has to agree. I don't have to agree with her. She don't have to agree with me. Y'all don't have to agree. You know what I mean? But we mm -hmm. don't use our voices in the right way. Because I don't agree, I'll mm -hmm. make my voice louder than yours or I'll do everything to make your voice little. And I'm just trying to change the narrative because um, I remember a time when, 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 when the old heads and, you know, the young folks and stuff, they, the men would get together and they would bring up a controversial topic and they would all sit there and hash it out and everybody would talk about their perspectives mm -hmm. and they walked away happy and peaceful and nobody had, you know, per se, you know, persuaded somebody to believe something different, but they all gained perspective and respect for where everybody else was coming from. Everybody don't have to agree yeah. and believe what I agree and believe with, and so this is not what this podcast is about. It's about everybody being able to share yeah. their perspective and their views. Take what you need and, and, and let the rest go. So. Right, right. So, in your opinion, I don't think it's, well, first, I think, again, it goes to the blame game where the women feel the black men are failing them. Our men feel we are failing them. But nobody's really getting down to the point of it all. You got to remember, it's the system that failed us, which in turn makes us fail each other. You know, they stripped us from our, moral, more, our original morals and values and implanted what they wanted us to have. So it's taught behavior through these generations that's causing us to fail each other and play that blame game when in actuality we got to get back what was taken from us in order to correct us. So the system put a woman ahead of us, ahead of the man, shall I say. And now you have these women that have these feminist attitudes or you got these chauvinist men with these egotistical attitudes nowadays where you know, we look back at our ancestors, they didn't have these problems. They had problems, but not these type of problems because they worked together. Now we're working against each other. And we have to stop that and use each other, bring out the best potential in each other instead of bringing each other down. So I don't think it's a matter of feeling. I just think it's a matter of getting it back to where it needs to be. We have, Again, we have the tools. We just... Everything is against us right now. I um, I I I was gonna also ask how has the black woman felt the black man, but you kind of put everything in perfect context. And I I talked about this in the first episode of this series. Like I read some of the Willie Lynch letter. You know, I think we were talking about uh -huh. colorism. You know, light skin pitted, and where did all of this come from? And I read the Willie Lynch letter, and it's. Um, on a Facebook post, it was something said about this very question, you know, like, 
the the woman has failed the black man and the black man you know it was something yeah. to that effect and I screenshotted some uh things from the some some uh sections from the Willie Lynch letter and I'm like we have been taught to pit ourselves against each other. We have been taught that. Like, this is, you know, I mean, the, it says it will work for hundreds and, or, and, or, or thousands of years, possibly thousands of years. We can't just, mm-hmm. you can't just kill slaves and beat them and cut their foot off. You can't keep doing that, you know, but we can mentally enslave them forever. You know what I mean? And even in my faith and in other faiths, you know, and in my community, other communities and stuff, it still is that I'm pitting me against you. You know what I mean? And we still can't get past that. And it's, 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 it's not good. And I participated in that. I was a big player in that. I wanted to be front and center on that scene. And I'm mm-hmm. learning, you know, I'm learning to relearn. But, you know, I mean, uh-huh. we, and, and so now, okay, like the fire is getting low, okay, so we got the light-skinned woman against the dark-skinned woman, we got this against that, we got the woman against the, you know, I mean, um, what do we need now to keep, you know, flame to the fire, <laughs> fuel to the fire? So they brought all this knowledge, so all this knowledge and information. So we can just like, we have access to so much information that our ancestors never had access to. You know, we didn't know as kids and stuff. You know, I mean, now we have all this access. And what do we do with it? We pit ourselves against each other. We still, okay, I know it's true. I've I've got the facts right here. And you're wrong. And get like me. I mean, so it's constantly perpetual it never it never it never ends it never stops and we so busy trying to be right and need everybody else to be right with us yeah. or so angry about because right. you're not listening to me and 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 we'll use anything to make that right uh uh uh, uh i hear the vegans uh, have attacked me and used Dr. CB to prove that the reason I'm sick is because I eat meat, you know what I mean? And just a huge, you know, attack about that, you know what I mean? I, in my faith, you know what I mean? That's a never-ending story, you know what I mean? But, like, non-Messianics have tried to uh, sway me on why I should be non-Messianic, you know what I mean? It's somebody over here, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, believes something else, you know what I mean? And, and, it's just a never-ending well, cycle of pointing fingers and get like me. I think that's another big issue, especially like people that's into the truth, into the knowledge of the truth. It's the stereotypes we put on being a man and a woman. You know, women are supposed to be soft and sensitive and that that is but leadership itself it's like you still have to be strong and be a leader and a powerful couple means that both the man and the woman are powerful so that doesn't mean it's not okay for a man to wash the dish a dish it doesn't mean it's not okay for a woman to get out there in the field and help her man but because we put these stereotypes on what else we feel a woman should be and or what a man should be 
that might not be what um, some women aren't created to be housewives. Some women are created actually to get out there and hustle and bustle with their man and vice versa. Some men aren't created to know how to cook, but there's some great men that know how to, you know, men that know how to cook very well. I'm looking for so one. Different things I'm looking like for that. one. No. Hmm? <laughs> Not for real, but anyway. You said you're looking for one? <laughs> I'm looking for one, yeah. <laughs> I said no it's a beautiful to thing, relationships, let me tell you. but that might be my woman know how. Right. My man, he loves it, and he does it very well. He loves gardening. Oh, he loves all that type of stuff, but guess what? His field of work he builds houses he does landscaping so he doesn't limit himself and i don't limit him to what he can do as a man and he doesn't limit i don't tell him you're feminine because you you can cook you know things of that sort and that's one of our biggest problems or he doesn't tell me you're not being a woman because you're outside working or you know things of that sort or I'm not cooking his 10 meals a day. We don't limit ourselves to that. Or, and that's what makes our I mean, relationship work so well. Because we that. don't. It, I think people like that, those are fantasy relationships. They're not real. We can go even because deeper Because real into people that. deal with real stuff. You know what I mean? Exactly. To go even deeper into that is to even talk about like is it okay for the black man to cry? Like, is that even okay? Absolutely. Like, does that make Why, him, that's a lot of problem. women will say, that's a no, weak, that's, that's a weak man problems. right We're there. Taught to hold, you know, our black men are taught to hold their tears and emotions in. Pressure bust tight. You have to release it. And so what's wrong with crying? If my son, you know, lost me, it's okay to cry. That's not a feminine trait. It's just an emotion. Now, when you got a cry baby, that's a different thing. But, you know, I, when my man cried, you know, when he lost his aunt, it shows he's still vulnerable. He's a man, but it's okay to be vulnerable, and he's okay with that. Where you have these men that won't cry because in their mind they think they're not supposed to. That's ignorant. That's what creates the angry black man. Um, so... I bet if I walked up to 10 different black men right now and asked them all the same question, is it okay to cry? I'm not even quite sure if they know how to answer that. You know, I mean, um, the frustrations of the day that they go through. So I got to, if the police pull me over, I, that, that's a panic mode right there. You know, they may kill me, you know, just because this is the wrong day, you know, they didn't get... They, you know, they wanted to wear a, a, a blue undershirt under their uniform and they had to wear a white one. And now, you know, they're in kill mode, you know, what I mean, or whatever, you know, what I mean, the boss, you know, what I mean, the, the, the boss, you know, he's he know, you know, they this person, this is the breadwinner of the family. So when I say work overtime, you will work overtime. And if you don't do what I say, I'll cut your out. You know, you get your hours cut and all these stressors, you know, I mean, and somebody's sick, you know, my grandma's sick, you know, she ain't got no health care, you know, I mean, all these things that we are, that they constantly have to wear on their shoulders, carry on their shoulders. Like, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I don't really understand if 
we understand that our number one role as the black woman is to be their peace. To, to be mm-hmm. their peace. And that means if they need to cry, you know, I mean, but we live in an age where, you know, it's all about revenge. If you cry, you know, now they got to worry about if I cry, but we break up later on. She go, you know, she go throw it out there, you know what I mean? And we've, so we've got to be, <laughs> we've got to be so much better about these things. Um, yeah. What does it mean to be a black child today? What does that oh my mean? Goodness, I can't imagine the pressure these children have on them because this world is so instant and they don't know how to really work because it's, everything is given to them. But at the same time, they have to deal with, in a lot of their cases, being adults. They don't have time to be kids anymore. Like they're growing so rapidly, their minds and Everything is just so fast now that they can't stop and breathe and say, let me just be me. There used to be a song called, it's called Mama Used to Say. And my mother used to always say it to my brothers. It's like, Mama used to say, take your time, young man. Right. That that song is like, it's crazy because I look at these kids, even my sons, and like, y'all got to, y'all so stressed about nothing. And so that they have so much that they're stressing that they don't have enough. You know what I mean? But what are they stressing about? I mean, I nothing because they can't get stuff instantly because they're used to getting things instantly. Exactly. Whereas we work for what we needed. They just need it. They just know they want it and they need to have it, but they don't know how to work to get it like we did. You know, I've seen... It's almost, it's almost like we made our kids just as entitled as some of these other nations. You know, um, I want to stay right there for a second because on one hand, I had a very good conversation with somebody and, and I, was, I, was, I was talking about how when you give your children the world, you give them to the world. And they were like, you know, their position was like, there are some really successful black families out here, you know, and these kids have everything that they need, and these kids are successful. And, you know, my point was that I'm not talking to that audience because that audience doesn't need, like, like well, I'm not saying they don't what they don't need. I'm talking about more of my people who I grew up around and what I see. So... If mm-hmm. everybody's financially stable and the, and the kids know how to invest money and they know how to, you know, the value of property and, you know, and they understand, you know, all of this uh, world of wealth and how to incorporate it effectively to ascertain more wealth. That's one thing. So coming from the Hustables You know, those families do exist and they're everywhere. Yes, this is true. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about the post where uh, I've seen on Facebook where it says people are, women, women are literally uh, have a $800 phone calling to check their food stamp balance. See, that's what I'm talking about right there. So we give mm-hmm. our children, our children, they want that, that cell phone. They want, they want this, you know, these, 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 these designer clothes and stuff like that. I watched, uh, I saw a parent 
she switched her daughter's schools, and at this new school, they wore a whole different set of name brand clothes. And the daughter came home, freaked out completely. I can't wear any of this. They wear Cabana and Gucci. Yeah. They wear da 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 da. And the mother was so stressed, she went out, started shoplifting to get these clothes, so her daughter would be okay when she went to school. You know what I mean? Um, I know, uh, I know, seventeen and eighteen year olds. You know, they start getting these jobs and stuff, and I, mm. they, they don't understand that these jobs are to, you know, learn how to pay rent, learn how to save money, learn what it, what it's like to pay a, a a light bill, or you know, I mean, and people don't, and people argue with me about that, and they think, no, you know, they just need to keep their, they just need to keep their money and. You know, I mean, I only want, you no. know, something. And, and that's for each his own. But yeah. when you when these yeah. children you know don't what I know. You know with my children when they got their first summer job? I made them give me half of their money. And I took it and I put it in their savings account. And they never knew. I just told them this is for the cost you have to pay to live in a household. So they, that taught them ahead that you got to pay. And when they graduated, that's when I gave them their savings account. Wow. To let them know, this is how you save, but you have to pay. There's bills in life, and there's a way to save. So now what they try to do, my kids are wonderful at saving. They're excellent at saving money. I just can't get them to spend it. Because <laughs> they know how to save it. <laughs> They're good at saving it. So those are things I think that comes with parenting. And and. and I can remember when my son, you know, they wanted me to move him a grade up. And he got accepted at this one of these prestigious schools. And they were wearing Uggs before Uggs even came out. And when we went to that school, he immediately said, I'm not going to this school. Because he knew he was not about to be spending $300 and so forth on, on school clothes and stuff like that. So he's like, no, I'm not going to this school. And May, as a parent, I respected that. Because he knew he was not going to flourish like he needed to. Because they were so materialistic at that school. And on the flip side, yeah, if you got it as a parent and you want to give it to your child, I don't have a problem with that. My problem is if you're giving your children all this stuff and they don't have, they're not giving nothing in return. You know what I mean? Like, if my child is getting flunk filling out of school, why does he or she have an iPhone that costs $800? <laughs> <laughs> Are they deserving of what they get is the problem. Right. I don't mind them getting it if they deserve it. But if you're doing it just to keep up with the Joneses, that's that's where the issue lies. I, um, this whole children's issue, is, it's a lot to pick through and decipher through. You know, um, when I was growing up, you know, I mean, the... I did a lot of cleaning. <laughs> I did a lot of cleaning. I knew how to. I knew oh, yeah. I, I had to iron my clothes a very specific way. You know, what I mean, I I had to clean a very specific way. You know, what I mean, I knew how to hand wash my clothes, and you know, what I mean, I knew things like that. How to, you know, what I mean, I knew how to do things like that, and so I don't even know where cleaning comes in. You know. Um, but when I was growing up, if there if there was an absent parent or whatever, you know, or 
you know, some sometimes mm-hmm. these things will happen. You know, the the, the dad would get you know killed or leave or you know or, or go to jail or whatever it was. You know, uh, it was never like. Uh, and I talked about this in my Black Panther uh, series that I need to get back to. But you know, I mean the the children just came in together. You know, I mean it wasn't like. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this story about, well, I'm not going to be able to get my phone or, you know, my, my da, 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 you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was more like, um, mama, mama going to be tired when she get home. So, you know, I'm going to make sure all the kids got their homework yeah. done. You know, I mean, the house going to be clean. They're going to be cooked and mama can come home and rest. You know what I mean? Like they valued home life, you know. They valued it. They understood it. And we just don't value it like that anymore. We just don't. Yeah. Look at the generation of parents now. They don't have homes. They just have houses. So. Because, again, everything instant. They're not looking at that. They're just basically living life. They're not living responsibility. So So priority. Cooking and cleaning to them are. That's not a priority anymore because they have fast food and they could care less how house looks because they looking good to get out in these streets. Their kids is on a computer or on a laptop or a cell phone being doing whatever they're doing. Nobody's taking time to be family oriented right. and disciplined like we were as family. So, right. So you have these new, uh, 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 you have, you have women now, young women now, and they don't, they don't cook. They don't clean, you know, I mean, and, and, and what do we do? You know, I mean, they don't cook, they don't clean. Well, did the parent, did the mother say, from now on, you're going to clean, you know, from now on, you're going to cook, you know, what oh. I mean, and I mean, and it sounds like maybe something that, you know, nobody wants to do, like, I don't really want to, I like to clean a certain way, I like to cook a certain way, you know I mean, okay, that's fine, but if we don't do these things, then... The husband comes home, you know, to a dirty house, you know, he comes home to a, a, you know, a half-cooked meal. And it's, you know, we haven't prepped our children for these routines than when they, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to make this all about the parents and stuff like that, but I do know what I do know. I, 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 I know what it used to be like. I, I, I know what it used to be like. And... Things have just definitely changed, and so yeah. Um, we also had more control over our households, whereas nowadays the system has more control over our household. So these kids are able to be more rebellious because they know if mommy or daddy whoop them or something, all they got to do is call nine one one or you know children and youth services. So they have weapons for kids to, to go against their parents nowadays. Which is in total line with the Willie Lynch letter. So we'll pit the woman against the woman. We'll pit the man against the man. And then we will now pit the children against the parents. I remember when that whole DFS child protection service stuff started. And the reason that they did that, you tell tell us and we'll we'll come... you tell us if your mama hit you, was because they originally were knocking on parents' doors, telling the mamas, uh, you've been hitting your kids, and we're going to take them. And they was like, 
Go get their ass. They in the fucking room. Sorry, they, they, they in the room. You know, go get their ass. Because if they're under my roof, they're going to do what I said. And I'm knock the hell out of them if they don't. You know, I mean, come get them. And you mess around and get whooped. You show it up in somebody's door and tell them you can't whip your kids. You know what I mean? So, uh, uh, parents weren't, you know, they didn't fear child protective service. You know, it was more or less, I said what I said. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not, mm-hmm. not bucking you. You know what I mean? And, yeah. You know, so they had to, they, they, they switched the game. They just flipped it to the kids. You know what I mean? And as the stronger generation uh, uh, faded out of mothers, the next generation came in under the guise of, you know, you can't whip your child or else. You know what I mean? So the ones that were like, uh-uh, I know what works. And I'm going to stand on it. You know, that generation was gone. So here comes the next one. And they come in under the fear. And now a lot of parents feel like it's just wrong to whip your child. Like, it's, it's wrong. Like, this is wrong on so yeah. many levels. You know, and I and I try to encourage them, if you're not going to whip your child, you're not going to knock them, you know, knock them around a little bit every blue moon. You know, I mean, for certain things, you know, I mean, yeah. well, then I suggest... You uh, make them do calisthenics, you know what I mean? They need to do something. They have to have a consequence that is going to outweigh what they did. <laughs> you know, like they, the punishment what? has to be like, I never want to do that again because this is what? way too much, you know, of a consequence. You know, so a, a hundred push-ups, a hundred, I, I don't know how... How you do it, you know what I mean? But um, I've seen parents that had that did do that. Whenever they child did something wrong, they had to stop <laughs> and do like these crazy, insane exercises that hurt their bum, but it shaped them. You know, they were strong kids and all of that, but they understood. <laughs> I don't never want to do that again because that hurts. <laughs> you know, it hurts. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. The fear has left. But you know, you were you were we were talking about the uh children, you know, they want these cell phones and they don't they don't they don't they don't have these responsibilities that uh as as in my generation that we took upon ourselves that we that was forced upon us and it was like the norm. So when the parents now I get in. They're older and they're sick now. Nobody's there. The children are, you know, aren't taking mm-hmm. care of the mother. Mama, mama's sick. Grandma's sick, and and the children aren't there to take care of. Them. You know, I mean, and 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 nobody mm-hmm. understands why is this? You know, I'm sick. I didn't I didn't did everything I could. You know, I mean, well, why is this? Because they didn't understand. The value of family life. They understood the value of acquiring things. Right. Right. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many of our people, you know, just being in this home care business, that have huge families with so many kids, and they have to call someone to help them. They use our services because their children don't help them. Won't come clean. Help them clean. Won't come make a meal for them. Won't do anything. And they've done everything for their children. It's a very prevalent uh, issue. It's a very prevalent issue. I stay in a, a senior building, so I see it. I see it where the kids may come visit their parents, 
on Christmas or something like that, you know what I mean, Come, covering them a couple gifts or something like that, but a lot of the parents, and a lot of these parents, uh, are a lot of these people are older, a lot older than me, and um, they they sacrifice greatly so their children will have a bright future and could start a business, you know, what I mean, and stuff like that. And so it's not, you know, so the the kids got like a little bit of change set aside, you know, what I mean, like they they doing their thing, but they really don't come mm-hmm. see about their parents, like it's. Like parents become an afterthought. I don't know how many parents, kids use their their kids, the grandkids, as a way to control their mama or their, you know, like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. so you ain't going to do this. You ain't going to do it. You're not going to listen to me. You know what I mean? Our, little Johnny won't be there this weekend. You know, you won't see little Johnny for, you know, ever. You know what I mean? That's, you know what I mean? We just mm-hmm. let... I don't know if this is what the Bible means per se when it says we lack natural affection, but it's just like this should be natural affection to me. Like I don't yeah. know, maybe I'm interpreting that wrong, but like just naturally, I want my kids to see their grandparents. You know, naturally, if my mama gets sick, I want to take care of her. Naturally, you know, what I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something yeah, else that was. Something else that was brought to my attention and so for me being a parent that, you know, I didn't, I kind of failed like a lot, you know, I mean, with my kids, you know, they winded up, I winded up putting them in the system, you know, so they'll be safe or whatever, you know, I mean, all these things, but, you know, I was on the drugs and all of that, so Something was posed to me that that, that parents, the children feel like if the parent didn't do what they were supposed to do correctly, then you have the right to like go in on on your parent. But you would, would, bottom line, I owe you no respect. Like I, you, you, you fail. I owe you absolutely no respect. Like I, you ain't, Mm -hmm. you ain't, you ain't shit to me. You know what I mean? And it's just like. That was huge. And, and, like, wow, you know. Like, and that's the that's how generational curses keep on. Because my father has never done anything for me. But I, I you would you couldn't pay me. My mother wouldn't even allow me to disrespect him in any type of way, fashion or form. And he was never there. You know, um I <laughs> I I see the children go off on their parents and stuff like that, and it's 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 disheartening for me. It hurts my heart, you know. I mean, and I'm I'm right with you. No, nobody in my my kids by far, and I mean by many country miles, did not go through what I went through as a child. You know, like direct abuse. Like I'm about to do this to hurt you to specifically traumatize your life. I'm not just making bad choices. I'm going to hurt you in this this series of ways. And never, you know, and, and getting grown and having two kids and never cussing my grandma out, never out there trashing her name through the streets. And, you know, I mean, never like... 
feeling like I had the right to like say whatever I wanted to say to her and do whatever I wanted. You know, I had the right to leave her alone and stay mm -hmm. away from her if I didn't agree with, you know, with, 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 with whatever, if I didn't like her teachings and how she raised me and stuff, you know what I mean, and mm -hmm. just never being disrespectful. And so, uh, to, <laughs> and never, and never having a lot of questions answered for many, many years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't get some yeah, questions answered until I was in sure. my 40s. Hello, can you uh, hear me? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I think uh, nowadays parents want to be their kids' friends before they're their parents. And that causes a lot of problems because they don't know the boundaries at that point. You're just a friend. Friends are disposable. Or if, you know, it's, I, it's, it's so when I was doing the whole missing black people thing and a lot of dealing with a lot of missing black children when I dealt a lot with uh missing black children as far as doing the research and where are these kids at and have they been found and stuff like that you know what I mean and and the what I experienced is seeing and talked to quite a few parents that were going through it was so now we have a parent. So this one lady, she moved her child to, uh, she moved her child like out in the neck of the woods or something like out where there, you know, like you had to walk a long way to find a main road. You know what I mean? Like they were out there because she just wanted her daughter to be okay, you know, to not keep going in the direction she was going and they got way out there the girl didn't have no cell phone somehow that girl had a cell phone and had called her friends and still ran away and she jumped out mm -hmm. the second story you know she came out the second story so they don't know if she fell you know whatever you know what i mean but the daughter was telling all her friends, like, don't tell my mama nothing. Like, I don't care. And the boy that she was with, the boy's mama wouldn't tell her nothing. The boy's mama wouldn't tell her nothing about, yeah, your daughter here, you know, like, they wouldn't tell her nothing. Wow. And the pure misery and hell and fear it took that mother through. But then, you know, when the boyfriend got tired of her, then she was, you know, got floating around and she went back home after that. You know, and then it's just like when my question to the parents when they were in these situations was like, so what happens next time you tell her she can't, your child, she can't go nowhere? I, I said, stay home. I said, no, you can't date so-and-so-and-so. Like, what, what happens the next time? Like, because they have totally flipped the game on you and you are scared now, you know, for your child safety, especially your daughter, you're scared for her safety. You don't want to get raped or snatched, you know what I mean, or killed or nothing out there. And You know, uh, how how do you, parents did not know. They, they didn't know. They didn't know how to deal with that. Like, they didn't know how to answer that question. If now that they're back home, what, what do I do now? So, yeah. yeah. 
So now DFS got a lot of people to call, but the parents ain't got nobody to really call on their adult teens, you know. These teens is running around here doing the most, you know. Now you want to offer them counseling and therapy. But, you know, I mean, I don't, I, it's, so it's a lot of different angles being flipped to keep the black children and the black parent opposed to each other and not getting unity and healing that is so drastically so drastically needed so drastically needed and we just cannot okay certain behaviors that children are doing it doesn't matter certain behaviors just cannot be condoned it it just literally cannot be condoned some things are not okay as far as how parents and children deal with each other it's not okay for a parent to talk a certain way they child it's definitely not okay for a child to talk certain ways to their parents you know what i mean and I, and I talked about that in one of my uh, podcasts, you know, like some of these kids don't mind, you know, because that, they, well, they're minding what you do and not what you say, you know what I mean? And some of them are minding what you say, you know what I mean? And I talked about mm-hmm. it. I talked about the mothers. We, I think we did a, me and you did that. Maybe me, you and Cody, we, maybe we did that where we talked about uh, the parents. I don't, I don't read. Re- I don't recall, but we talked about, so like the parents are, yes, it was me, you, and Cody, I think, um, talked about how the, the mothers is telling the daughters, well, you know, I mean, don't be asking me for nothing, right. you know, you're going out there, you're laying up with so-and-so, and so you waking up with a wet ass and empty pockets, you know what I mean, and this is what they're telling their children, their daughters, mothers are telling their daughters to do. Use your body, go get yeah. paid. You know what I mean? So it's so many, so many, so much has been done to change the mindset uh, uh, of so what does it mean to be a black child today? Like those answers yeah. are endless. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, no, no, I. Because at the end of the day, it all starts with self. So you have to have to teach our children to love themselves, to go back to those morals and values and the standards that we once highly had. The thing is, is that if you don't teach them where you have to change, you may, you know, they that child may not understand that again until they my age. <laughs> you know. Because you could tell, even with mine as an example, I, I raised them old fashioned, like we were raised, and they still had to figure out life from their own. Right, right. So they got the parenting they needed, but they still need to needed to apply the skills the way they right. wanted to apply those skills. Right, right. So I want to ask you one more question. Um, what does well, what does the future of black people look like to you, through your eyes, 50 years from now? What does the future of black people look like? Where do you see black people 50 years from now? 50 years from now? I mean, if we look back 50 years, you know, I mean, there was still a lot of lynching yeah, I'm, going on. There was a lot of stuff. Things were, I'm, yeah. I think... Probably a lot of educated dummies. 
And it's sad to say. Because we're going to have all that knowledge. But once again, we're going to still be so behind in the times because we were too busy trying to get all this knowledge when tech and technology is passing us by. You know, like how many people would know how many teach their kids about the 5G towers and things of that sort. Yeah, they know we're the black man and we're da da this and we're kings and queens and da da that. But what about what's progressing while we're learning this? Are we also teaching them that? Even with this uh, coronavirus side, how many are teaching our kids the true knowledge behind these shots and things of that sort? We can tell them don't do it because we're black and they're against us, but are we explaining in detail why it shouldn't be done so that they can look for these things, signs in the future in case there's another virus they might come up when we're long and gone, come out with, so that they can pass it down to their future generations. What we'll have that will we have that knowledge and everything. But I well it'll get better. Of course, you know it's promised to us that it'll get better, but right now I think we're gonna hit a downward spiral before we get back up. Because all the knowledge and stuff is there. It's the internet provides that, but they distract us with so many things that we're not paying attention to reality. We're paying attention to everything virtual. This is so true um, because while we may be on social media looking at a lot of the things that's going on, like with the vaccines and stuff like that, it's even bigger than that. So, like, in the meantime, we got Russia, China, you know what I mean? You know, we don't know which way NATO going to flip, you know, if it's all over, you know what I mean? We have missiles pointed at us that can destroy us, you know what I mean, so, uh, in the water, you know what I mean? So we're... we're right. Even the, the, you can't, the passports now, they're marking on to where you get a vaccination or not, so we're not telling our kids, you, they're, they're going to be killing you in the U.S., but you can't get outside of this, you can't leave unless you get this vaccination. Right. So right, what are you right. going to do? Right. You know, I had did some posts on Facebook. And, well, you know, now I just go on there and post kind of like something funny. I just stay out of the whole knowledge realm. Like, I'm over it. I'm done. Like, I may go on there and watch some funny videos and see some laughs or something. I may or may not respond to a post every now and then or whatever. I, I just, I'm just over it. But, you know, at one point I was doing a lot of posts on, you know, Guess what's going on? Like the world is angry at us. They want to destroy us. And let's pay attention to this. But what 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 was mind-boggling to me was that no matter what I posted about Russia is ready to kill us, China is ready to take us out. We don't, you know, we don't know which way NATO is going and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Nobody people just wanted to they saw it. But they wanted to um, they wanted to post more about uh, how the black man is against the black woman and the black woman is for the black man. You know, they wanted to post more things of that nature. They it was like that wasn't really like important. And, you know, I mean, and we are a spoiled people. We think that this week because it's never happened like we've never been like um We've never been like uh, attacked on our land before. I guess we think it's not possible. 
And so mm-hmm. there's a lot to be said about that. I think that it's all going to be dependent on how much we learn to love, to love each other. Exactly. I think it's, I, I hope 50 years from now, we have totally learned that most of the stuff we're giving credence to is not going to work without love. It's just not. Not at all. Not at all. And unfortunately, our children are still fed off the media. Right. Entertainment. I thank you so much for being on Mercy Broken Podcast again. You are always, you always bring great insight. Always bring great insight. It's always such a pleasure. (laughs) And I know you are stupid busy. And so for you to take time out to, you know, record with me is just, I just love that so much. That's just the queen in you shining. And I thank you so much. I thank you so much. Absolutely. It's always a blessing talking to you. Okay. Shalom, queen. Shalom.